You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamualaikum, listeners, and welcome back to Radio Ramadan. We are here with the show of um, Ask the Sheikh, but it's a slight different one today. Uh, we are joined by Brother Zubair Alvi, and we are going to be discussing um, the rights of Hajj and Umrah. So it's quite a vast topic, to be honest with you. Brother Zubair is quite uh, an expert in these things. Mashallah, he's been for a number of years. Um, he works with uh, Dome Tours, a very popular group within the UK. And um, there's a number of things that we can cover with this. So, Assalamu alaikum, Zubair. Waalaikumsalam warahmatullahi How are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Good, and how's your Ramadan going? It's, uh, mashallah, it's difficult, it's difficult, <laughs> but alhamdulillah, we're almost halfway through, so... This is true, this is true. So, um, you're quite, as I say, quite an expert with the topic of Hajj and Umrah. Um, do you know how many times you've actually gone for Hajj? I've not, I've stopped counting. <laughs> oh, mashallah, <laughs> wow. No, no. Wow, that's a good thing, okay. <laughs> no, no, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not very boasting here, but... No, no, no. It's uh, just a case of uh, the fact that, alhamdulillah, I've been very blessed. Mm. I don't know if it was uh, my mum's du'a or someone's du'a anyway. And uh, mashallah, I've uh, had the opportunity to go many times. Uh, and so Hajj, Hajj and Umrah, I mean, something which everyone should try and uh, fit into their schedules, into their lives, at least once in their lifetime for Hajj. Mm-hmm. And uh, Umrah is, uh, you know, as many times as they possibly can afford to go. Sure, sure. Yeah. Can you give like a lowdown exactly? Like, so what, for those that don't know the full kind of ins and outs, what is Umrah? What is Hajj? Okay, so there are groups and people that travel to Umrah all the time. So if you were to visit Mecca, for example, and go through some of the rites mm-hmm. um, that the Prophet Sallallahu taught us, um, if you go during a specific period of the year, uh, the days of Hajj, mm-hmm. uh, so this Eid that's coming up at the end of Ramadan, of course we have a second Eid, and the, the other Eid is uh, during the Zul Hijjah, the month of the Hajj. Uh, and during the five days, if mm-hmm. you were to go there, you would perform the Hajj. Okay. Any time outside of that, if you were to visit Saudi Arabia uh, and go through some pilgrimage rites in Mecca, that would be called the Umrah. Okay, okay. So there's quite a vast difference between what you do when you're performing Umrah and what you do when performing Hajj. That's right. I mean, the Quran does tell us that complete the Hajj and Umrah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the command is there for both. Okay. Um, people, I mean, it depends on your situation, depends on affordability, it depends on a number of things, whether or not you want to go to Umrah uh, and visit any time of the year, or if you want to maybe save up and go to Hajj. Okay, okay. Um for those, for example, there will be a number of people going well, I guess, and imagine for Umrah during this holy month mm-hmm. uh, and also going for Hajj later on this year. Would you say, is there any particular you know, preparations that people should do prior to going or no, spiritually and, um, you know, from a practical point of view? No, no, absolutely. I mean, first of all, you have to understand that when you go to Umrah or you're called to Hajj, you are called by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not mm. really, I mean, you can save up and you can make um, as many kind of preparations and plans as possible. But if it's not your time to go, it's not your time to go. Mm. I have friends, for example, who are uh, well into their 40s and have never visited um, the Kaaba and have never been or haven't uh, taken up the opportunity to go to Umrah or to Hajj. Mm. Uh, so it's whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls. In terms of preparation, there's a number of different things. You only go if you can afford to go, first of all. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. If you're healthy enough, if you're able to go, um, especially for the Hajj. So these are the kind of preconditions. Okay. Um, but in terms of actual physical preparation and stuff, that's something which you know people can maybe think about when they are planning to go. In, in terms of what to take with you and mm-hmm. how to prepare yourself spiritually. Because essentially you are going to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's no small thing. It's not, it's not like a holiday somewhere. Mm-hmm, yeah, um, you know it's it is a pilgrimage, and it's something that Muslims have been doing for the last fourteen hundred years. Sure, sure. So with people going for Hajj, for example, is it something you can do 
like Omar, you said, like you could do that yourself, or would you recommend going with a bigger group or yeah. an organization? I mean, a lot of people go by themselves um, and their own families. And you you that, can do that, okay? You can, you can, yep. So I work for Dome Tours, and Dome mm-hmm. Tours is one of many companies, and yeah. uh, they uh, they will grant you the visas. You need to go through like a registered company to get your visas. Okay. Uh, there are many in Glasgow as well. So you would get your visas, and then you would just book your tickets and hotels as normal. Um, for someone who's never been before, I do suggest that you maybe look out for any groups that are going from your city. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, if you're in Glasgow, then I would look out for some of the kind of groups that go from um, from Glasgow. For example, the Isolubus uh, group that went recently, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which was a fantastic trip um, with uh, Sheikh Radwan Muhammad. And the, again, it just brings that extra kind of... Um, you know, depth to the whole trip and to the whole experience as well when you have a sheikh with you who can, you know, talk to you about where you are, why you're there and answer any questions that you may have. So, yeah, you can go yourself, but I'd suggest maybe sticking to a group for the first time. Okay, okay. Um, so there are, like, different types of hajj that you can perform mm-hmm. uh, when you do travel. Is there d- How is it people would know which exactly type of hajj that is that they should be following? Okay, so obviously with the Hajj, it's something which you need to read up uh, about before you go. And there are different types of uh, Hajj, for example, Hajj Tamaddu, Hajj Giran. Um, what you want to do is just stick with whatever your group's doing. The, the Hajj that, um, that we always do is the one where you go there first, you mm-hmm. perform your Umrah, you change into your normal clothes, and then when the 8th Zulhijjah starts, you go back into Ihram. Um, and then you perform your hajj. For ihram, ihram for people that don't know, is that spiritual state that you're in when you're performing um, your umrah, your hajj. Uh, You might have seen people, for example, wearing the white sheets. Uh, So for men, what they would do is wear two white sheets, uh, one on the lower half and one covering their shoulders um, on their top half, Mm -hmm. and they would also wear sandals. And for ladies, uh, they can wear any clothes. Uh, and so it's a spiritual state that a person goes into. So, for example, when you're heading off to Saudi Arabia, um, say you're landing in, in Jeddah, mm-hmm. you would change into Ihram before you land um, because okay. you need to be in Ihram. It's one of the conditions of, uh, of the Umrah, in fact. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, for example, people need to change into their Ihram. Is there a certain place they should do that? Should they do that when, say, for the... Heathrow Airport or, you know, if they're going from Turkey or whatever, is there a certain, like, Exactly, space? yeah, but you're right. So uh, all the airports now uh, have an area where people can change into Ihram, um, whether you're going through Istanbul, um, which is a very popular route mm-hmm. uh, from Edinburgh over to Istanbul and then to Jeddah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can change either in the airport or you can change... Um, you can actually change on the plane. Uh, the boundary that the Prophet ﷺ marked for people coming to do their Hajj and Umrah as a larger boundary. So there are two boundaries. They're called the Mikat. Um, the first boundary is huge. And so when you land in Jeddah, you've already in the plane uh, entered into the outer boundary of the Haram. And so you have to be in your Ihram. Okay. Um, there's a second boundary for people once you've actually settled into your hotel in Mecca and you want to perform Umrah again. You don't have to fly all the way back out and fly all the way back in again. Okay. Um, that would be too difficult. So the Prophet ﷺ marked a smaller boundary around uh, Mecca, which you can then you know jump in a taxi, go out, and then come back in if you want to perform another Umrah. Okay. okay. Um, so yeah, wearing the wearing the ihram and entering into uh, the bigger boundary mm-hmm. is the first. So there are four parts to the Umrah, that's the first part, just getting into your ihram and getting there okay. um, once you're there, you then have to do the tawaf of the Kaaba, go around the Kaaba seven times, mm-hmm. 
that's the second integral complete. Okay. The third integral is the Sai, which is Safa and Marwa. There's two small hills or areas mm-hmm. next to the Kaaba. Um, this is the uh, route that uh, Hajar salam, the wife of Ibrahim salam, did when she was looking for people when mm-hmm. Ibrahim salam left his son and her uh, in the desert. And so you walk or you run between uh, Safa and Marwa, the two hills. That's the third integral. And the fourth is to trim or to shave your hair. Uh, and that's it. That's your Umrah complete. So it can be quite quick. Okay. So when you go for your Hajj, performing your Umrah is... You would need to do that prior to even doing your Hajj. Yeah, absolutely. So when you first get there, then you would perform your Umrah um, if you're going for the Hajj. And then you would change into your normal clothes and then wait for the 8th of Dhul Hijjah, which mm-hmm. is the, the day the Hajj starts. And then get back into your Ihram and then off you go towards Mina. Okay. Um, and then hajj. starting your Hajj, yeah. Okay. Kind of going back to like you're talking about wearing ihram, um, so obviously for men or for women, um, is there any certain things that you should or should not be doing when you're in ihram? Like if you like spiritually should you be doing something or not be doing something or absolutely you wear absolutely. perfumes deodorants that kind of thing very good question i mean the, the there are do's and don'ts of the ihram i mean first of all for example you can eat and drink and uh, you can have a shower you can take your ihram off for example have a shower you can go to the bathroom you can do all these kind of things yeah, a lot of people but don't realize right. that so you can actually shower and you, you obviously take your ihram off and you can have a shower and you're still classed as being in ihram you can yeah because what i always suggest when i take groups is that sometimes the travel can be um, really long. I mean, you've, mm-hmm. you're jet lagged. You, you're traveling from halfway across the world. So, what I suggest people do is when they first get to their hotel in Mecca, mm-hmm. uh, they're quite tired and they're maybe you know from the whole journey they're um, a bit under the weather and stuff. And so, what I suggest that they do is just go to the hotel rooms, uh, have a shower, relax for a little bit before they head out to the Kaaba to okay. perform their Umrah. Uh, so, yes, you can. You can do. Um, you can change. You can even change your ihram if it gets soiled or if it gets really dirty or something like that. Okay. Uh, because remember the ihram state is the spiritual state that you're in mm-hmm. uh, and so the things that you can do if for example you can't have intimate relations with your wife or your husband um, you're not allowed to um, you're not allowed to swear or argue or fight uh, you're not allowed to clip your nails you're not allowed to um, smoke for example <laughs> you're not allowed to do anything um, that might um, break that kind of state spiritual state that you're in because your okay. complete focus um, in being in the haram is to get to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to mm-hmm. present yourself in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to make that connection and to ask for that forgiveness okay. and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects you to come in that kind of weary tired way uh, only to mm-hmm. forgive you for the effort that you've put in okay okay what about when it comes to, for example, um, deodorant? Deodorant, yeah. So you can't wear any perfumes um, in Ihram. You can't get married in Ihram either. Okay. Um, you have to wait till you're out of Ihram. Now, even even the Ihram, I mean, it sounds like a huge... It is, it's a huge thing spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you've performed the Umrah, it can take very little time. And, you know, Umrah on a good day in Umrah, when it's not as busy, mm-hmm. um, you could probably do Umrah in about a couple of hours. Okay. Um, and then you're out into your normal clothes back at the hotel mm-hmm. uh, and then you can enjoy your stay in Mecca for the rest of the time. Okay. I've had people ask me before, you can buy, for example, deodorants, all these kinds of things that are non-perfume, there's no scent in them. Are they still permissible? They are, they are. So anything that is um, non-scented is fine. Okay. Um, the mistake that most people make is on the planes when they have those little kind of 
uh, what are they called, those uh, things to clean your hands with. Oh, the towels that they, they yeah. give you, yeah. yeah. So many people make that mistake. So they give you uh, food on the plane, for example, and they mm-hmm. usually give you that little wet towel to yeah. wipe your hands with. That's perfumed. Uh, even if you do, you do kind of, you don't break your state of Ihram. All you do is you give some sort of sadaqa or some sort of money as a okay. uh, compensation for it. Um, yeah, so it's not much. Would that be the same, for example, if you say you went to the bathroom and you wanted to wash your hands with soap, then technically you can't use the perfume soap? Yeah, you can't. Um, and the thing is, as long as the perfume, perfume or the perfume stole, the, the smell didn't stay on you for a long period of time. If it was only a very short period of time and you made a mistake, and then that's not a problem at all. And you, you'd need to pay the dispensation for that? Yeah, you would, you would give a little bit when you get to Mecca. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if somebody, for example, had, you know, bad... Like if, even if maybe they could deal with it for the short term for Omar, but say if, you know, the whole... Uh, course of Hajj, they have you know bad skin problems. Can they still wear like their you know the emollient creams and all that kind of thing as well? Ah, good point. They should try and look for a cream that doesn't have much of a fragrance to it. Um, okay. If it's um, if that's difficult, then you're right. You would uh, able to apply any kind of medicinal creams or anything mm-hmm. that you need during the Hajj period. Um, okay. I mean, you're not fasting essentially, sure. so it's, it's a case of you can apply anything you like um, as long as it's within reason. Okay. Um, kind of just going back to the you know the starting point, almost a sense. What does somebody do if they're wanting to you know if they're they're about to go on their Hajj, they're about to go on their Umrah? What how do they perform their intention? Like what did they say? What did they do? All right. So the intention starts when you actually put go into the state of ihram. So when you're on the aeroplane, for example, or you uh-huh. change into your ihram sheets, um, say for example in the airport, like you mentioned. Sure. Um, but you would do your intention there. So all you would say is that you know Allah, I intend to perform. Um, Umrah or Hajj mm-hmm. and then you would start the Talbiyah the Talbiyah is Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik Labbaik La Sharika Laka Labbaik Inna Alhamda Wa Ni'mata Laka Wal Mulk La Sharika Laka so that basically means that you know oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I'm coming to um, your house I'm coming to you mm-hmm. um, and it's that kind of longing and that phrase that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us um, well, going back to preparation, then you know, mm-hmm. so def- certainly you would need to. Um, the more practical side of Umrah and Hajj is that you do need to apply um, to a Hajj agency or a travel yep. agency. Um, you can't just go and get your own visa. Well, you could actually. I think you can. Yeah, I think you could probably go to the embassy in Saudi and get your own visa. But rather than uh, a lot of effort, it's a lot of effort to go just for a piece of paper. So basically, what would happen is you would go to your local travel agency, or uh, for example, like we mentioned, Dome Tours. You would just call them up and say, "Look, mm-hmm. I, I would like a Umrah or Hajj visa." Yep. Uh, for Hajj, it's a bit more difficult because there are no limited number of places. Um, and How many other people are allowed in general? Um, from well, from the UK has a set a lot uh, allotted number. Uh, each okay. country has a set allotted number right, okay, that's given okay. out to the kind of official uh, Hajj agencies that are registered with the Saudis. Um, and so, you know, Dome Tours is an official one, for example. Um, so you would go to them to get your Hajj visa. Um, for Umrah, it's a little bit different. It's a bit easier. Uh, you would still go through a travel agency, but then, like we said before, you can just purchase it separately. Okay. Um, preparing to go, you would also need to have, for example, your meningitis certificate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know of a wonderful pharmacy <laughs> in Glasgow, <laughs> if you're ever interested. Yes, for everyone listening, go to Wellcare Pharmacy on Menard Road. We can do your Hajj and Umrah vaccinations. <laughs> Fantastic. So you get your vaccination done, um, and then that's it. You uh, basically are able to apply for your visa once you got your visa, um, it's just a case of having your hotels booked and your flights, yeah. and off you go. There's so many options you can see for going for Hajj. You know, well, for Hajj more specifically, you go, you know, two-week package, three-week package, four-week. How do you make that decision? If you've got, say, for example, you had an open, if you didn't work or your work's very flexible, you can take the four weeks off. How would you know? 
you know, which one should you take? Like, well, it, I think it, it just depends on your situation from work. It depends on how much time you have. Uh, I suggest that you don't go too long for the first uh, time that you go and perform Omra. The reason for that is because you can. It is not Mecca isn't easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Medina to Manawara, mashallah, is much more relaxed. Um, yeah. But Mecca is a difficult city to navigate because of the works that are going on. But even the number of people, um, the hotels, it's very built up. It's very yeah. kind of like it's busy 24-7. And so that kind of uh, burden mentally um, and physically can be a lot for people. Um, and then what you don't want to do is be in Mecca and then start really disliking the people that are there and yeah, the place. True. You know, you want to try and be spiritually in the zone for as long as possible. So I suggest maybe a short trip, a couple of weeks, uh, and uh, are long enough, are, are, are more than enough. Yeah. Um, for example, you have some people, you know, if they go for Umrah or they go for their Hajj and they want to do it on behalf of somebody who's you know passed away, mm-hmm. say like a late parent or you know whoever it may be. How is it you? How is that different? What would you do differently? Well, what you would do is it's called Hajj Badal, and so Hajj Badal is for someone who maybe passed away and wasn't able to perform their Hajj, um, or someone who's unable to go but really wants to perform it. Um, so scholars differ on you know whether that person would need to do Hajj or not. Okay. What you do is you have um, Hajj Badal, so you would call up, for example, Dome Tours and say to them, "How much is your Hajj Badal this year?" And what they'll do is they'll give you a set price, maybe one thousand pounds, it may be one and a half thousand pounds. Okay. And the, li- literally, it's the amount of money that it would take um, for somebody to go to Hajj from that locality. Okay. Um, and usually, it's not much when it's a base cost. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have to wrap it up here, but I'm going to ask you one last thing. If you could give one piece of advice to somebody going for Hajj this year, what would it be? I would say to make the intention, uh, okay. to make the intention to go. Um, that's half the battle because once you've made the intention, then you get the reward anyway, whether you end up going or not. Okay. Uh, I know of a number of people who, for example, have been planning for years and then uh, on the weeks leading up to the Hajj, uh, some other circumstances come in the way and they've ended up. Uh, cancelling so it's about whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls you but make the intention now and just very quickly I know mm-hmm. we're running into overtime yeah, go for it, go for just it. very quickly the best way to do Hajj I think especially in the current climate with the costs and so forth yeah. um, is to save up um, yeah, it's not cheap no, no it's not and so what I would do even as a family or as an individual I would set a target so say for example in 2020, I'm going to go to Hajj, inshallah, make the intention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then put aside something every month, um, you know, calculate kind of like an average cost of what Hajj might be and divide it up amongst a number of months uh, leading up to that. And inshallah, Allah will make it easy for you. I mean, well, to be honest, I think it's been quite a productive show, albeit quite short. We could look into doing something in the future. Okay, well, thank you for listening, everyone. But until then, Assalamu alaikum. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.